Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 17 of Casual Watch Talk. I'm joined by my co-host Chris. How have you been this week, Chris? Excellent. Good evening, Sam. We've got a couple of, uh, as usual, we've got a couple of news stories to kick the show off with. And then later on for our main topic, we thought we would pick our ideal watches in four categories, which would be land, sea, air and space. And I'm going to totally do this one off the cuff, Chris. I don't know about you. Whether I've already you did started writing stuff this. down and Sam's like, no, we're going to do it off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as we always enjoy starting these shows, uh, we'll do, Chris, what have you been wearing this week? And then I'd love to know if you've had a watch obsession this week as well. I am wearing my Bell & Ross GMT. It's my everyday. Back in the rotation, I was, I was heavy on the chronograph for a while and then um, switched over. Uh, took it off the bracelet, put it on a NATO. I'm very now. I'm, now I'm defending the NATOs of the world, <laughs> NATO wearers of the world. You can wash them, so easier to uh, super comfy. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've I've been in a trying to be in as a, a comfortable of a mood as possible. Everything's about comfy. You're going to meetings, uh, lots of lots of meetings on um, on Skype, etc. Zoom, yes. and so uh, definitely t-shirt and uh, shorts uh, here <laughs> even though it's cold and raining outside it's been a weird old week in orange county because i keep saying i can't remember the last time it's rained this much but then my wife keeps saying oh, it was like this last year you've just forgotten i think it's a little bit of experience but there's definitely something that that tells me like climate scientists should look into the fact that we're not flying planes and uh and like 40 million vehicles are off the road so <laughs> so we might might be changing things a little bit uh we i think we got probably a year's worth of rain in in the last three weeks so it's been it's been crazy my hometown is manchester which rains like pr predominantly all of the time but it is few <laughs> right. and far between certainly where there's many consecutive days that it rains here certainly yeah exactly it's not it's not often that it's like every every day for three days and then two days goes by and then it rains again i mean it's been kind of like that and then yeah. uh for my watch obsession, uh, I'm going to let everyone in on a little secret. Uh, we'll do some, some transparency. <laughs> uh, my watch obsession has been a new elastic NATOs from Campagnato Club. And to be completely transparent with everyone, um, that is my company, my little side gig. It, it's not uh, anything huge. It just... Uh, is a place where I uh, spread uh, sort of my passion for motorsports. Um, when I got into the watch hobby, I found that there weren't a lot of uh, straps, uh, motorsport color NATOs and straps of that nature in one place. So I said, oh, this is a cool niche. And uh, I found a distributor and started up a little e-commerce on the side. Finally received a, a shipment in from Asia and uh, have been obsessed over <laughs> the fit and finish of uh of these new straps so uh they are not the uh mn style with the weird clasp that goes around i don't know if you've had experience with those sam and uh they are just a straight uh straight nato with a buckle and so um super excited to to have them and 
put them up on the site. And I've reviewed these NATOs on my channel before. They're cool because they very much favour your passion for motorsport, don't they? I like that Martini Racing one. There's vintage like Peugeot and stuff like that. And also, you're knocking them out for a pretty decent price as well. So we'll, we'll leave the link down below. And this obviously... I mean, it's this is sort of an advert for it, but it isn't a proper advert because I'm not using my advert voice. Right. Yes, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not got my proper advert voice on. <laughs> yes, today's today's uh, watch obsession segment has been sponsored by Chris. No, they are. You should definitely check them out. I I, I like what you've done with them, it, and they're totally different than other NATOs as well. They're not your standard. Yeah, and I and I would try the. Um, you know, it's what it's. I wear them. It's what I would want. It's what I would want to have. Uh, you see these companies that. They try to just, you know, satisfy everything with all different like PVD coatings and gold. And it's like, I just want, I'm just going to have brushed stainless because it fits with most stuff. And, and uh, it's stuff that I like that I would want to wear. So take that. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, Campagnato Club. So it's uh, Campagnato is uh, Italian for championship. What have I been wearing? Well, I've been wearing that Citizen, the Eco Drive. Jap- the JDM version, the Japanese version. I I love it. I, I honestly absolutely love it. It's a quartz, which if you'd asked me last year, I would have said burn quartz. You know, <laughs> it's got no soul type of thing. But I honestly absolutely love this watch. You should definitely check it out on the Facebook group, the Casual Watch Talk Facebook group. I've been yeah. putting pictures on there. It's titanium, extremely light. I've not scratched it yet. And I've paired it with... Uh, toxic nato which i quite like the look of it i took the titanium bracelet off because it wasn't that comfortable i think i might mention this on i certainly mentioned it in the review yeah you did you did yeah and the and the little the little gap i I definitely see that like half a millimeter gap on each side is a little like if if they just did a little better there (laughs) it's weird it's weird that they did that because citizen make awesome cases on their watches Mm. so it is a shame that they did that and then I guess my watch obsession this week, I've been trying to cool it on the watches. My, I, honestly, I've been obsessing about watch straps. I've been obsessing about leather NATO straps, which is, well, it's weird on twofold because the only leather NATO straps I've ever had I didn't like, but now yeah. I'm suddenly so into it. And also, weird. there was an interesting, there was an interesting subject on Urban Gentry. And again, I told you a couple of months ago, I paused Urban Gentry because the, the comments can be up and down. But somebody asked mm-hmm. a genuine question saying that they were vegan and did, could anybody recommend vegan leather watch straps? I, I might, I've mentioned this on the channel before, but mm-hmm. me and my wife eat predominantly a vegan based diet but we're not necessarily obviously i wear leather watch straps so we don't we're not philosophically vegans we just eat that way to be to be Mm -hmm. healthier for health and versus yeah the yes yeah but the comments on there they were just bizarre we were genuinely writing back saying will collar reb do a vegan leather strap and people like steel i eat cows and i wear steel bracelets because that's what men do and stuff and it was like dude Read the room here. Like it again, puts puts me off forums. Not our own forum, which is full of all only nice people. But they yeah. actually like the urban gentry stuff. You'd have to read it because carefully curated nice people. Yes, <laughs> these are like sensible people. The mere mention of the word vegan is whipping just, people just up into went like off the rails. Wow. Yeah, it was it was totally bizarre. And um, but what it did find out is 
whole host of straps that I never heard of. Like, did you uh, did you know they make straps from cork? Have you heard that before? Yes, and uh, I was always curious if it was synthetic cork. So there's cork trees, you know, and then there's synthetic cork as well. So interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, so it looks like a cork tree. So it looks like it's shaved from a cork tree, but... And then the other ones, Colored make one that's made out of wood fibers. It's a flexible strap. It's not bracelet made out of wood. It looks pretty cool. And yeah. then there's obviously, um, you know, these synthetic leathers. I commented on there. There's a strap and there is a watch company that does this. The only problem is they make those minimalist type watches that you see everywhere. They right. make a strap out of, have you ever heard of a fabric called Pinatex? No. Can you guess what type of leather it is? It's called Pinatex. Uh, well, I mean, you did mention trees, but... <laughs> it's it's not far off. So Pinatex, and mm-hmm. a, a shout out to Mikola, uh, who runs Man Cave Leather, because I, I got a sample and I offered to send him some, and I showed him a couple of pictures. He's like, dude, I cannot turn that into a strap. <laughs> but it's basically <laughs> leather made from pineapples. So oh. they take the fibrous material from pineapples and compress it down. It looks pretty convincing. I mean, it looks convincing from the t- the top. It looks like a patent leather. As a leather. It's like yes. A, okay. But it's I mean, much lighter. It's, you know, it's going to be good to look at alternatives. And, you know, one thing you didn't mention, which I was thinking the whole time, uh, and maybe our viewers are thinking, is with the whole hand washing and being out in the rain, that is the last thing I want to wear is a leather. Is a leather yes. or anything. Um, I, I have a leather NATO that I randomly got um from uh, a timex weekender a bunch of uh, like a year ago that came in on a leather nato and it and uh, the weekender i was using for like product shots for something and uh and i just kind of put it off in the box or whatever then i randomly popped it on my uh khaki king and i rather liked it just it was thin enough kind of adds yeah. a little style to it and easy uh you know easy to easy to pop on kind of thing so i did order some leather ones from etsy but um i basically ordered them and then apologized to my wife afterwards cuz she was kind of like are you looking at watch straps again but anyway everybody needs a little re- retail therapy <laughs> absolutely <laughs> let's jump into some news stories i've got a, a longer news story that does it has been discussed on YouTube as well, which is quite interesting. But I'll start with the two quick ones and get your view on it. We talked about watch stocks going up and down and how mm-hmm. Swatch Group was actually their stock price was going down, but they've they bounced back this week. They've come up five percent, uh, so that's a bit of good news. Okay, but LVMH, who owns Tag and obviously Louis Vuitton watches and uh, Hublot. Mm-hmm. they've they've remained steady okay so it's interesting i mean you can never tell what the market thinks when a share price goes up so i thought that was an interesting one certainly that's a bit of good news for omega seems we've been given given a lot of or i've been given a lot of bad news about omega <laughs> yeah it will yep. just to say it's interesting like you said hulo i mean like you never quite know for for the people that are buying those i mean it could be you know it could be thursday for them uh, you know, versus like a Swatch where uh, there's there's no Swatch store open in a mall right now and there's no malls open. And so, you know, that's that has to be a significant uh, part of their business. So interesting. I saw a Swatch field watch they've made today. Look really cool. All, all steel. But we won't we won't I won't start obsessing about that one. Next one <laughs> is there's 
WatchPro have been reporting, and there's a couple of news stories on this this week, about there's a real controversy now with Baselworld. So obviously mm. Baselworld, almost reluctantly, they delayed the 2020 Baselworld because of the COVID-19. Now, what they did, mm-hmm. they used the vernacular postponement instead of cancellation. So what that mm. means is that MCH, who own it, are actually sat on everybody's deposits. Mm-hmm. As if things weren't bad enough for them uh, and the way that they they handle them, you know, Swatch Group pulling out, etc. They're saying to people, well, look, we've only postponed it till next year. And these companies are like, look, and they're trying <sighs> to do this kind of weird thing where they say well we could give you 85 percent of it back if you commit to come or, or we'll give you 15 percent back or something it's a real it, it, watch pro have done some really cool articles on this but basically they're sat on 20 million swiss francs of worth yeah. of deposits if you're not coming for the 2021 battle world then it's like you've cancelled the 2020 so you've basically forfeit your deposit and were they thinking of doing a late season 2020 and then and then just jumping right into may for 2021 is that what they or, no, or are they 2021. saying that, so they're saying we're gonna postpone it and just move everybody forward people are stating this is this could be the death of them now and i think right now for some of the stuff that i've seen and, and this is my personal opinion but if a fortune 100 company is saying that quote we're here to help I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think that they'll be happy to not charge you what they were going to charge you for three months. And then when you still can't pay, they'd be happy to add a fee to that and then take you to collections in six months when unemployment runs out. <laughs> so there's not, there's like here to help right now, but I want to see, you know, are they, are they giving the money back? Are they, you know, are they giving people's deposits back? Are they, allowing people not to i mean helping right now would be not forcing folks into some some tight situations and that's that's what i feel like a lot of these big companies right now at least here in the united states are are doing so it's too bad it's a real weird one it probably will be the end of basil world um yeah and also i would think that those contracts say 2020 on them well this is the league the legalese they're saying that actually there isn't that much of a legal argument because they have postponed it or certainly watch pro saying so this next one is a bit of a longer story, and it's one that's been interesting me today, and it obviously links with the current economic climate. Have you heard this about Watches of Switzerland? There's a bit of a sort of a, not a controversy, but there's certainly some questions that are being raised about Watches of Switzerland at the moment. Okay. Watches of Switzerland is a, is a big watch retailer. This story predominantly revolves around uh, maybe they're more popular in the uk but they're certainly watches of switzerland in the us as well hmm. they're a very large rolex ad probably mm-hmm. one of the largest they've got a bit of a reputation certainly i would say this is more in the uk and this story is coming from paul thorpe i love his channel he's a previous mm-hmm. watch dealer you should definitely check it out his insights into the watch industry also he gives pure business insights into what watches are worth money he's very much a buy with your head type of guy his content overall is is awesome it's fascinating you know 
20, 30 years in the watch trade or whatever. He's he's been reporting on this where viewers have actually been contacting him. This is this is mainly in the UK, I think. Watches of Switzerland, they shut their doors on the 23rd of March with the idea they were going to open on the 27th of April, but that's now been postponed to June. Now, what they've been doing is they've been calling people up who were on the list. So, you know, you've gone in there and asked for a submariner and they're like, oh, we'll put you on the list or whatever. And you're like, OK, the list, yeah. the list exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. they've been calling people up on this list and saying, hey, we can get you a Rolex uh, submariner. There's one guy who was offered three watches that he put himself on the list just to kind of, wow. you know, get somewhere. But what we want you to do is we want you to pay the watch in entirety and then when we open the store up again you can come and collect it so it's not uh... (laughs) a yeah so paul thorpe's been going through this and there's some interesting things about this for a start it's not they're not asking for a deposit and then you pay the rest they're asking for the full amount they buy it and then and then receive it when we open the store yeah and they're not saying they're not saying buy it and we'll post it to you they're calling people up and then they're sending them a link to basically put their credit card information in. Now, somebody, yeah, yeah, a couple of people have been commenting on Paul Thorpe's channel, and he actually addressed this about, well, you know, you're covered under your credit card insurance. But then somebody else commented on Paul Thorpe's channel saying, well, actually, you're not, because they're using a third-party card processing company to do this. So you might be at risk there. And also depends on your card, like what what your card gives you and not necessarily what. Paul Thorpe's obviously he's been saying on his channel, be very careful of like random people ringing you up and asking you for money because he thinks that some of these ADs, they have had their lists hacked in the past. And he doesn't know what he's saying that he thinks that watches of Switzerland are completely above board. So I'm. The question that I've got for you is not whether this is a nefarious scam, because it sounds like it could be reasonable. But what do you think about all these people that have been sat, you know, throughout the world on these ridiculous ADs lists where it's almost like a gift that this AD gives them even the opportunity to buy a Rolex? And now the ADs are feeling the pain. They're like ringing people up like used car salesmen and like, oh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. So I'll get your opinion on that. There was a counter argument where somebody commented, well, Watches of Switzerland allegedly phoned Rolex and said, hey, we'll buy all the stock going to China. But that's just complete hearsay. Yeah. If they're one of the biggest or they are the biggest or whatever, we'll look that up. But (laughs) when that store is open, it is making a shit ton of money. And so for them to not to not have that store open, that means they have to figure out a way to to get you to part with your cash. Feels lousy. And my number one response to that would be, the ball is in your court now. It suddenly became a buyer's market and not a seller's market. It's no longer, it, if their doors are closed for a month, it's now, it's, you know, oh, we couldn't get a hold of them, blah, 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 blah. People are not going to be dipping into savings to, to pick something like that up. I would, I would have a wait and see attitude here definitely in watches of switzerland's defense they seem to be keeping a lot of their retail staff on now obviously it would be very hard for them to furlough or get rid of a lot of staff because a lot of them you know they do have sales skills as it comes to to watches Mm -hmm. but i would feel if it was me well for a start i've totally reassessed expensive watches at the Mm -hmm. moment yeah i mean in the space of you know a space of a week in my household 
obviously my stocks, which was the lion's share of my pension. And st- I'm not saying mm-hmm. this is a sob story. I'm just saying, is it within a week, my wife got furloughed and my stock portfolio went down the best part of 25% within seven days. So I would be seriously questioning you, but you didn't, you didn't sell anything. You still have, you know, everybody, you know, so it's not, you haven't, you haven't actualized the loss. So it's still, I mean, you know, a lot of people get kind of caught up in that, like, oh, it lost, you know, 15%. Like, well, yeah, but you're now, uh, you know, hopefully still, you know, taking a small percentage of your income to purchase, you know, 401k stocks at a lower price than they would be, you know, that sort of thing. This is not a, we are not a financial channel of any means, but, but yeah, I see what you're saying. You, yeah, absolutely. No, what I'm saying is I would, I'd be reluctant now if, if I had my eyes on a Rolex and right. it meant withdrawing eight grand from my savings in June, I would be more gun shy until we, until we know what the economy's like. Right. And also I'd feel a bit, I'd feel a bit put out, be like, oh, right. You know, I came in and <laughs> wanted to spend eight grand on a Rolex and you, offered to put me on this list and now suddenly could, could have been on it for years yeah. yeah yeah exactly and then now all of a sudden yeah i feel like there needs you need to definitely reassess that you know your your situation and and yeah i think i assume that they would have um commission sales i would assume commission sales i've i've done commission sales so what that means right now is if i was in commission sales i would be uh i would be making my base which would be nothing <laughs> it's like a it's like getting paid um you know what wh- your base for if you're uh, uh in food service in the united states i mean it's like you know just bare minimum wage you can not you cannot afford anything you know or below minimum wage because of that so depending on the laws states etc but uh yeah i mean you want to for as much as you want to feel bad that that they're that they're going to you know they're, that that's a financial situation that they've gotten themselves into, I feel like you still have to assess your own first, and then you know, and then go and then go from there. Yeah, it's an interesting story, and Paul thought covered it much better than I have here, partly because he knows what he's talking about when it comes to Rolex, which is far more than far more than I do. Well, before we jump into our main topic here, let's just pause for a quick ad break. Welcome back, everyone. So we hopefully we've got a bit more of a, a lighter subject for our main topic here. And Chris and I were chatting before the podcast about what watches would we pick not from our own collection that fell yep. into the land, sea, air and space categories. And I thought that was quite an interesting one instead of doing like ideal three watch collection or something like that. What do you want to do, Chris? Do you want to do one and I'll do one or do you want to go through yours? Eh, maybe we can go through it, but let's, uh, all right, we're going to, we're going to lay some additional ground rules here. We're going to do, uh, we're going to do price. Are we going to talk about what you would buy or what if money was no object? Maybe two for each category then, one that we could afford and one that's a, an honorable mention. So, so I frantically started writing things down and Sam was like, I'm just going to, I'm fine. He's good. So he no, so you if you if you're good, you need to go first then. So so we'll do land and I didn't specify what that means. You can tell us what you think of when you hear that and then uh, what your pick is. Land makes me think of maybe the outdoors, maybe more of like a field watch when I think mm-hmm. about it. So I would say if it was one that I could afford then it it would probably have to be a Hamilton khaki probably the that no date the vintage style one that they've got and yeah. then if money was no object on a field watch I think I would probably go for 
maybe an IWC. You just threw a huge wrench in my list. <laughs> so that's my land one. Do you want me to go through my others, or did you want to have a stab at the land? Uh, let me stab. Let me stab at land. Let's see. I think Field Watch too. I still cannot do the compass complication, so that's out. No, no Seiko Alpinist for Chris. I own the khaki king i guess i could just i guess i could just cheat and pick that no <laughs> <laughs> there's so many different variants of it yeah right i could just take the i would take a me i would take the uh, manual wind but then you said iwc no here's what i'm doing i got it land i'm taking a uh zin 104 nice so, yep zin 104 uh you know what i'm gonna do it in white because it'll also be my dress watch and then money no object land what would i get maybe an oyster perpetual oh nice something that's kind of an everyday maybe a fun color like uh either the gray or the blue or something i love that gray dial the 41 millimeter with the the non mercedes hands i'm not controversially not a fan of the fluted bezel at all i like the smooth bezel yeah not the day date but the yeah the Oyster Perpetual, so... Next category, C. I would say... At C, obviously, straight away think of dive watches, of course. I've, n- I've not gone for any nautical-inspired watches. I think for the for the ones that I could afford, I've been obsessed with that Certina, that DS2000, mm-hmm. that one of our viewers kindly posted a picture of his on the Facebook group, Casual Watch Talk, little plug. Mm-hmm. I really like the look of that. Joma Shop have got it for less than $600, which I think is an absolute bargain for that watch. Oh, wow. Is that yeah, your pick? It, is that your pick? The, uh, the yeah, Satina? it would. Yes, it will be. I also really like the look of that Yema, the Superman watch. I really like the look of that. Uh, yeah. TGV did a good video of it. And actually, it was one of the ones that had sat the full 30 minutes nice. of it. He did a really good view of that. So those would be the affordable ones. If it was one out of my price range, although one I've lusted after for a while would be the JLC Polaris, the Memovox one that has the alarm. Hmm. Now, I got to see this. It's got the double, so it's it's got a compressor style case, so it's got the double crowns. I know. Yeah, I know AB from Watch Collecting Strategy. He's a big JLC fan, and he said that JLC doesn't have that. This isn't the iconic dive watch that he thinks JLC needs. Mm-hmm. But I love its understated look. It's more like a dress diver for sure. It doesn't yeah. have a bezel, which is probably controversial for a dive watch. It doesn't have a bezel on it, but it does have the double. It does have an internal. You can you can time your dive, but your description dress diver. Would you do black or you do the black or blue dial? I like the blue dial, but I don't think the Memovox one comes in blue. That's, That's special... the one with the alarm. Oh, and I not. Oh, okay. So, okay. Well, the okay looks the same. You're right. I don't think it does. But uh, okay, but same style, same style dial. Oh, it's got the the indicator on the inside. That's kind of cool. Inner dial. It allows you to have the uh, the alarm set. Is it is it like a bell vibration? What is it? I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a vibration alarm. Oh, cool. Well, I think it must be because it's a dive watch. Right, yeah, cool. I could be wrong. I'm <laughs> sure somebody picked me up on this. Cause, and it's very sort of Omega-esque when they had the alarm watch that has the little, the inner dial that almost looks inconspicuous, but just has the little arrowhead yeah. and the whole inner part of the dial. It, it has the three crown. It looks, it, at first glance, it looks like a um, chronograph. But then, you know, and you're like, oh, but then one of the one of the the crowns is smooth 
So yeah, very cool style. I had not, I've never seen it. So, so that was your money is no object. And then you kind of picked two for your, yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll just go. I kind of, I kind of dragged you in. Well, they're both, you know, vintage divers. So it's, I think it's hard. I think it's a hard decision there. So, uh, C. So my current, uh, would be my Seiko turtle, but what would I go? All right. Well, I'll list, I'll list my Seiko turtle as your inexpensive option. And then I'm going to cheat and, uh, and I'm definitely buying this watch at some point. That is the, uh, Tudor Pelagos in blue. Yeah. And I've been torturing you this week with, uh, the, where I bought my fake Seiko from that I've done a video on, on Wish's website. I didn't realize they're a gold mine. They're a gold mine for, for fakes, aren't they? I was joking with uh, Chris before that they've predicted what Basel World might be, and there's a fake green Pelagos on there. Yeah, yeah. green Tudor Pelagos. A couple of days ago, I saw on one of my forums where people were joking about the fact that you could pick, you could, they, and they used, they did the same thing uh, that they did with your uh, fake Seiko, where they used real pictures of it, and and it was a hundred and ten dollars, and I was like, oh. <laughs> So, so no, uh, the Tudor Pelagos is not $110 and there's no green one and there's no GMT one. Cause if they did a GMT one, I might pick it up. <laughs> so, all right, moving on to air. I've already mentioned IWC, so I won't pick an IWC. I think for ones that I could afford, I mean, Chris, who's our resident military expert on the channel who we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, he does a, he had a great case for the ones that he used were citizen watches so those citizen you know the blue angel ones the aviation watches have a lot of features but as i'm not a pilot i quite like the hamilton the khaki air ones that they have so they do some quartz ones they do like the x-wing version so i would probably go with the khaki uh, or khaki uh, aviation x-wing auto chrono for the one that i could afford Mm-hmm. Um, for the ones that I couldn't afford, I think I would have to go with the uh, Rolex Air King. Not technically a pilot's watch, really? but it's got air in the title. Air King? I oh. like the Air King. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't get over the. Um, there's a there's a YouTube channel ID guy that pointed out that, uh, and the Air King's the one with with the all the numerals on it, right? It's got the Arabic numerals on it. Yeah. If they had done. Zero five instead of five, it would have balanced the dial out. But because they just did five, it like looks weird <laughs> to me now. And like he pointed this design element out to me, and I was like, "Oh god, I'm gonna see that forever." So, oh, I know what he sa- I see what he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, not not really a fan of that, huh? But that was money of no object. Otherwise, you would go with the the khaki. Now the now the is that a um. They offer them in chronograph as well, right? Yes, it is a chronograph one. Yeah, and it, this one I've picked is one of the quartz ones because the mechanical one, this is going to sound really weird to you. This, the mechanical one that they do, if you look at it, its date is on the other side. So the date is on the right, uh, the left-hand side of the dial. And it's because the movement is upside down. It, right. They've turned the movement upside down. And for some reason, that really just like weirds me out. Yeah. Yeah, from a watch manufacturing standpoint, they 
they didn't have to do that. They could just print, uh, they could print a dial with it on the other way. I don't know. They, that seems like a design that they chose to do that way. They definitely did because it's got the two inner rotating bezels on one of on the on the automatic one. So I kind of went with the quartz one for that one. Because usually the day wheel goes all the way around the dial because you need that much space to have thirty one numbers. Um, so it kind of doesn't matter. Like you can, as long as it's printed in the correct orientation, you could do one at six, one at three, one at four and a half, like whatever. As long as it's printed parallel, although there are some plate, there are some companies that, that don't. <laughs> they just they just print it horizontal, and then it kind of looks sideways in the window. But the day wheel sometimes on some of the chronograph movements smaller and is very is sort of particular. So on the Valjoux seven seven fifties, it's it's kind of one or the other for a lot of the lot of the options. So like if if it's a GMT complication you you can't have a you don't have enough room to have a, a day wheel in there and other and other things like that or you know like this khaki maybe maybe they had to flip it because they ran out of room because it's got two inner rotating bezels they've obviously put those on one side and then the chronograph mm-hmm. so for air what would you pick i feel like this category i have the most of this is a very hard category for me this is like this is this has stumped me, I think. So looking at my list, I would I would get a GMT. And then I was thinking like, oh, there's gotta be a there's gotta be a GMT chronograph out there. And so I was like, oh yeah. But I have one of those too. <laughs> so it's like the most category. Uh I didn't think of GMT. I didn't think of GMT for air. I could have totally gone for the root beer gmt for my expensive one would you would you like to change your answer i would i would i'll go with the the root beer root gmt beer. rolex, rolex root because okay. it's that one that is going to go really out of fashion and people are going to be like why did you buy a rolex that looks like that but then it's going to come really in fashion and <laughs> people are like, oh right wow back. you made like a bold choice and it looks really cool you're right right Right. You're going to show up in your MC Hammer pants and you're going to be like, yeah, that's right. Say that I would go edit the Air King thing out, but I won't do it. No, no. no. I would have a guilty conscience. Own it. Own it. Own it. <laughs> All right. All right. For me, hard category, because I, I think that a lot of what I've collected already that sort of fits in um, my, you know, my Bell and Rouse stuff, that is Pilot's Chronograph, that is GMT, that is that sort of stuff. Let's see. Uh, all right, I've got a pick. Here's my pick. I would go with Damasco. Are you familiar with them? Is that the family-owned company where they build, they hand-build these watches? They use ETA movements, but they're, they look yeah. to be incredibly well-made. And they're, uh, they've even, uh, they've got a great, there's a great YouTube video about their factory, and it's they're branching into we talked last week maybe the week before about the technology that's um for manufacturing that's cutting edge and this company has is really taking advantage of it so they're starting to make as much stuff in-house as they can um they have a line that i would would love um which has the silicon hairspring so they're they have like patents and stuff on it. They're making their own silicon hairsprings and they're putting them into um, ETA movements. Yeah, but they're also piecing as much of their stuff together with it. So it's pretty fascinating. Um, I think I would do. Let me let me just before I commit, I'm going to check the model number. The thing with Damasco is they seem to, they're ger- German, are they? I think mm-hmm. they might be German owned. Yes, they're, they're in a difficult yeah. price bracket. They're in that 
Zin type of 2,000, 3,000 price bracket, I think, where there's a lot of competition. When I had that kind of money, I went with with Tudor, but mm-hmm. that's one of the watches that I know they're incredibly well made, but again, it's uh, yeah. when you become passionate about watches, you realize how well they're made, but I don't know whether... Tricky price point. So, you know... Yeah, they're doing like submarine steel. They're doing some of the some of the same stuff that Zinn is doing. I don't think they offer it with the silicon hairspring, but uh, but I would go for a, a DC eighty, which is their which is their central chronograph. Instead of having instead of having a small minute timer, there's a large minute timer that ticks off, so you can read, you can look down and read how many minutes it's been quickly. So it's like a forehand forehand watch DC eighty. Is this one of the ones that has, because they do some with like blue dials, orange hands, they're very... It's got some color options. They're amazing. They're, if you've, if nobody's, if anybody's listening to this that hasn't checked Damasco out, their color palette is quite fantastic, I think. Very nice sort of matte colors, solid colors, not gradient dials. They're beautiful. Uh, they know they certainly look like an instrument for telling the time. Yeah, an instrument exactly, pilot instrument, and not and not even the what it used to look like. Or what, I mean, you look at these things and it's super purpose built, so that's cool. Yeah, that'd be my pick. I don't know for money is no object. All right, let's see. I want the IWC Portuguese Perpetual Calendar. Portuguese, Portuguese, I called it Portuguese in one of Portuguese the things. <laughs> I don't know whether my accent it sounds like some kind of Portuguese hooligan, but um, people and people somebody corrected me on it and somebody like is no, it is called the Portuguese. Portuguese, okay. Okay. depending on okay. how you. Um, I didn't want to. Yeah, it's uh, it's Chris and Sam pronounce watch names. <laughs> oh, we'd be the worst. I know. Right? Worst. Just, it looks like uh, gray dial. Uh, I see uh, forty one thousand dollars. So yeah, nice. We'll, uh, that would be, that'd be my no object. <laughs> so space is the final category. Yes. I would say affordability. Now this would be a push for me, but, and I hope to own one one day. I would love to own that Fortis Cosmonautis, the, the, the Roscosmos version, mm-hmm. just because it is so iconic. I mean, even I think NASA astronauts w- wore this at one time as well, or, or certainly they, they, test piloted with it but it is mm-hmm. that iconic russian i mean even though it's a swiss watch it looks like it's designed by a utilitarian mm-hmm. it looks like it could be russian designed i have always liked the look of this i made a mistake a long time ago buying the b42 that didn't have the chronograph on it i should have really splashed out because they have gone up in price i think they're close to like three thousand dollars now where you could pick them up for around the two thousand dollar mark um, on the large side, for sure, it, I think they tout it as 42 millimeters, but it has mm-hmm. got some depth to it. So that would be the one. It would be a, you know, a stretch, but that would be my affordability, affordable one. Yeah, yeah. But, and also a good point, that is space certified. You know, yes. that's, that's three, that, you know, 3K, but you're getting a space certified. So like the, fa- the factory, there's no, the next one that comes off the factory line happens to go into orbit. You know, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing you're getting there, which is cool, which is very cool. And then money, no object. This doesn't take any thinking about from me. It's got <laughs> to be, again, not only as is it going into space, current space model, but it was designed by astronauts. It has to be the 
the new Omega, the Speedmaster Skywalker X33. <sighs> Just love that watch. You have stolen my pick. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh yes, yes. Uh, it's so the- a stunning. Uh, well, maybe I'll go for the regatta one that's got. Oh the, no, uh, no, no, no! You have to go. No, you got to go with the real thing. You have to go with the real thing. If you are and Sam, you you nailed it. If you're watching NASA TV and astronauts are floating by cameras in space on the International Space Station, half of them are wearing that watch. Yeah. I mean, the the mission timer and all of its little functions, I played with it at the AD for for about 15 minutes and then gave up because it comes with like a user manual. It's it's you can set multiple stop, you know, multiple start stop. You can set multiple times. Yeah, mission elapsed times. Mission elapsed times, chronograph times, countdown timers, alarms. The the alarm, uh, I was watching some interview with one of the astronauts and they were talking about the the alarm on that watch and they're like it's the loudest alarm ever because it has to be on the iss all the fans are running to keep the equipment cooled and all the equipment is running all these motors and pumps and stuff are happening and it's just they say it's at least 90 100 decibels of sound up there all the time and so you need you need something purpose-built like I said with the Fortis, you know, rolled off the factory and uh, and onto onto NASA's uh, collection. So yeah, cool. and I would even I would even go for, and I have flirted about buying one of these. Is the original X thirty three the original one that doesn't have the, the new one has like a black dial to it and, and with a negative display, whereas even the old one because. I mean, I make YouTube watch content and I love it, but one of the best YouTube watch videos you will ever see on YouTube is the astronaut with one of the original X-33s fixing it on the International Space Station with duct tape. Yep. I mean, this thing is is a utility. This isn't... I mean, he's fixing it with a screwdriver, a piece of duct tape, taking it all apart in zero gravity. Amazing. From what I remember of that, uh, they went back and changed the design of the stopwatch hands after that in order to make it so that like that wouldn't happen, you know, that they were like freaking out because that wouldn't happen. But just the fact that, yeah, just the fact that you could just like, yep, we're going to take a screwdriver to this. This is a tool. We need this to finish the mission is uh, super fascinating. Super yeah, fascinating. I just love it. I just love it. So, so since I pinched your your no, design. Right? Oh, okay. All right. So here, here, here comes the comeback. Okay. I just have to find the model. Here it is. I learned about this watch when I built the Space Turtle. I learned about it sort of as I was building it because some, some folks had said to me, you know, you know, you know, Seiko makes a space watch, right? So I said, yeah, the, yeah, the Pogue, the yellow. Okay. And they're like, no, no, no. The other Seiko space watch that you may not be familiar with. Seiko was commissioned by a private space tourist. I think it'd be the best way to say, describe this. Um, I can pull up the details, but uh, Seiko was commissioned to build a watch for Richard Garriott in 2008. He was one of these guys that developed video games in the 80s and had like tons of money from electronic arts etc and so uh he he wanted to go to space and could afford to to have a get a ride to space and so he commissioned seiko to build a watch for him 
not only did Seiko do a, a, a small, limited run of them, but they, they, they built a bunch that you could buy. And that's the Spacewalk Spring Drive, the SPS-005. It's a bullhead chronograph, but it has a Seiko Spring Drive movement in it. Crazy accurate. Just, you know, whatever, 15 seconds a year spring drive. Power reserve indicator, day, uh, day, no date, chronograph, and GMT. This is like nothing. This is like no Seiko that you've ever seen. Exactly. Wow. It's it's almost got like a, a, what looks like a brass bezel, but it must be some, wow, and they're going for quite a lot. They're going for, I mean, there's one here for like $80,000. So I don't know if this is a, this is just a. Yeah. So they made the, the version. There's a, they made one that's pretty similar that I would also accept. <laughs> so we'll work backwards. That's my money, no object. We'll work backwards. Uh, the Landmaster Spring Drive SBD B015 right now, 2690 in stock. This is a very similar design, and I would also accept it. <laughs> not, uh, not a chronograph, but uh, similar design. Uh, it comes with it. So spring drive movement, GMT, pretty cool watch. And it's 26,000 or 2,600? 2,000, 2,690. Oh, on, wow, that's cheap right for now. a spring drive. Yeah, yeah. It, when you see it, it, unless you've seen the space watch, you see this watch and you're like, who would buy that? And who would buy that is someone who really wants the space version. <laughs> oh, I can see it now. Yeah, it's bull. It's a bullhead GMT, except there's obviously right. no pushes at the bullhead. It's just the crown, I imagine. Yes. It's just the crown. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, pull two, uh, two deep cuts from Seiko for Chris's space. Done, because I threw you himself. at Thank you. Three of that curveball <laughs> of the X33 there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we'd love to know uh, what your picks are. Maybe I'll put this, um, well, I will. I'll put a poll on the um, on the YouTube group, which is uh, Casual Watch Talk. You'll find me and Chris on there commenting away. We'd love to have you over on that Facebook group. So, guys, I hope you liked our picks there and the news stories. Of course, this is all our own opinion, especially the story about Watch of Switzerland. Please don't sue me. This is my own opinion. Um, as always we really do appreciate you listening thanks again Chris thanks Sam had fun we'll see you all next time on casual watch talk thanks guys bye